What's up, y'all? This is your boy, Tianbu Kuwan, here for a special throwback episode of Art to Empire. Back before we were on Study Music Pods and Uncle Dad Talks, we weren't on any podcast network. We were just doing this on Instagram Live, just me conversating with somebody I admired who had turned their art and woven it into a career. Um, we did it like that, and then later on, we brought it to the podcast sphere. But it kind of got lost in the shuffle, so I want to bring these back. These are amazing conversations and dope gems. This one is my man, David Kelly, Golden State Warriors Chief Business Officer, spent a lifetime in the world of entertainment and sports, MC turned lawyer, and now the head of Golden State Warriors Entertainment, which is all these creative music, movie endeavors, and beyond. So stay tuned. David Kelly, Cap D, Art to Empire. Look. It's uh, officially out now. Yeah. The albums being out these days feels a lot different than it did back in the <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. yeah. Like, I, like, I uploaded it, and then it's like, <laughs> and then it's like in the universe. Like, all right, well, I guess in rotation of all the shit I'm posting, I'll every now and then interject it just to yeah. remind my, myself and others that it's still yeah. there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My kids. Yeah. Put that album out yet? I was like, uh, yeah, it's out. <laughs> They're like, oh. yeah, it's a, it's a trip because I, every, like, you know, I put, I released mine on my birthday, September first, mm. um, and I was just laboring for a minute. I'm like, like for me, I need something tangible for it to be out. Like, I need a CD or a, a, a vinyl or just something tangible. And I'm like, what do I, what do I do? And I was just like. You know, like I wanted to do like the USB flash drives and my wife's in compliance in the financial industry. She's like, you don't want like, like 
we're people can get all your information on those things. It's really not a good look. People don't want to do that anymore. I'm like, all right, well, CDs and like, you no, know, you know, people's computers don't have CDs really anymore. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to press CDs. If it's Kabuki theater, just so I have it. Right. I'm going to press them. So, I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Final. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. 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 I think I might have to do that too. It's a trip though. Like, your shit is sample laden, like mine is too, right? No, this one is no samples. Oh, oh well then, shit, you could you could press anywhere. <laughs> you have you have no problems then. Yeah, yeah, well, my shit is all. I'm making music like it's 1993. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Bomb Squad. Oh, dude, I mean, it's, I, I wasn't producing back then, so I'm like, I'm going back and trying to re- like, if I was producing back then, what would I make? Right. And now I have. 30 years of not only like samples of music before then, but I have 30 years of hip hop vocal samples and, and cuts to sample now that no one really knows other than us would catch nostalgic vibe. So how am I not going to sample? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. This one, I just, we, we went no, no samples, like panic on all the, uh, all the tracks. No okay. Yeah. So you, so you're going to get that licensing money. You're going to get them all that, all the movies and the TV shows and the bumps and yeah, all that shit. That's all in my future. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Let's get it in. This is Art the Empire Radio. It's something that's been dear to my heart. I've done it in just different platforms, either panels uh, before this. Um, just the whole concept of like, we always encourage people, kids, ourselves to be artists and be involved with the arts but we never talk about the business of any of it. Mm. And so we end up throwing our friends, our, our youth into the, into the like fire with no skills as far as business. And they have end up having love, hate relationships with business. Mm-hmm. And I came up on the business side. I was a tour manager, manager, booking agent before I was uh, an artist, so to speak. Right. So I, I really appreciate people who handle their business um, as a, as a primary, like as an element of hip hop culture, as I like to say. So, why don't we start with you as an artist? Why don't you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your artistry and how you got into what you do? Okay. So yeah, Cap D, um, also go by the name Capital D, um, half of the group All Natural with my guy Tony Nimble, um, from Chicago, uh, born in Chicago, raised on the south in the south suburbs, then moved back to the south side. Right now I live in Oakland, been in Oakland the last uh, about 10 years or eight, eight years. Eight, eight and a half years. Well, we started our own label, All Natural Inc., um, back in 1997. Um, we put out our first record at that point in time um, called No Additives, No Preservatives in 1997. And then in about 2000, I guess, we came out with uh, Second Nature, which is probably the most well-known record that we put out. Um, and we had a lot of, lot of other artists on the, on the label as well. Um, so right now we've put out five albums of the group as a group on natural. And then I think I've put out four solo albums, if I'm correct. Okay. I didn't know you got, you had your own label. So on the labels, I know you're, you're an MC, you produced and were you running the label too? Or what was your role in that? Yeah. Yeah. And Tone and I ran it together. Right. So. Okay. And then, so when did you start rhyming? We won't go too deep into like the, that, but like, when did you start for context? Like when did you start rhyming and producing? Man, like 87 um, is when I really started wanting to be an MC and rhyming. That was in high school at the time. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's when I started. 
uh, producing. I bought an Akai 950 sampler probably in around like 89, 90. Okay. Right around then with the maxed out memory. Um, yeah, the floppy discs. Yeah. 20 floppy disks could beat. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's when I really started, started producing heavy. Um, right. 89, 90. And then that's when, and Tone was always, it was always me and Tone. So I was the MC, um, producer. Tone was the DJ and did some production as well. Um, and so that was the crew. Okay, cool. So you got, you got in like right at that time, at the, at the good time. Yeah. And so, so you did that. Okay. So you were putting out records, you were the MC, and then you added, you decided to go into law. Right. Went to law school. Like, tell me about about that era, like when you decided that that was the move you were going to make and how did it affect your art at the time? Yeah. So we had put out two records at the time. So we put out No Attitude, No Preservative's first album. Then we put out Second Nature. We had several artists on the label who we had put records out to, uh, out by as well. I Am Oz Daily Planet. Um, I had always wanted to go to law school. I would always thought about going to law school. So I, mm-hmm. I English in undergrad, I went to Morehouse. Um, and then when I was majoring in English, I didn't know if I wanted to be a writer, a journalist, um, a teacher, or um, a lawyer. And I thought right. English, you know, kind of like a middle road between all of those different paths. Mm, okay. And so um, in 99 is when I met my current wife. And at that point in time, I'm, you know, we live in show to show, check to check. Right, right. <laughs> oh, hitting shows wherever we can get them. And that, that was, like, MCing was the gig. Like I had. Right, right part-time gigs here and there, but MC was basically the gig. Um, and I was like, all right, well, look, I need to create something a little more solid if we're going to, if, if we're going to get married, start a family, um, right. so the law school. Um, okay. and my plan was, well, at that point in time, I, I was planning on not MCing anymore, but not because of law school. Like I just, right. People were telling me as a Muslim, you can't do music. And so I was, you know, really hesitant about the music at that point in time. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Like I, I always felt like our music was positive. So I didn't have like issues with what I was talking about, which right. is on whether or not it's forbidden. Um, and so I just was like, look, if I'm going to become Muslim, I'm going to be all in. Um, right. You know, so I just gave it up. And then, you know, just through reading and searching and, you know, talking to people, I was like, you know, I came back to it like, no, nah, I don't believe that it's, uh, that it's forbidden. So, right, so I, right. I stopped doing music. That's like 2001. 2001 is when I went to law school. Um, and then while I was in law school, dropped another album. Um, came out in 2004, dropped another album. So, I, you know, I, I kept on. It never stopped, right. Never really, it never really stopped. Wow. Okay, so did you? <laughs> okay, law school is a serious thing. <laughs> yeah. I think you might be the first lawyer we've actually had on the show. You know, we've had managers, tour managers, label owners, videographers, professional mural artists, but not a lawyer. Like you have to pass the bar. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it- <laughs> <laughs> like that in itself is, you know, like your life, most people I know who have passed the bar, their life was on hold for X amount of years. If they had a partner, their partner was their sole support because it's like, yo, I'm about to just be lost in this. Yeah. I'm going to be good for nothing for X amount of time. You got me. We're good. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you were, you were writing then you were right. Recording music. Yeah. I mean, so when, when I got married, my wife is a doctor. So she was, she was doing, 
she was studying for the USMLEs when I right. was, um, and then I was studying for the bar when she was a resident. Right. So it was just like all kinds of studying was just what we did. Like, you know, right. she, she's, she's more, you know, studious and diligent than her husband, unfortunately for her. Um, right. So, you know, yeah, I was studying for the bar, but I would still find time to take breaks and work on stuff. Um, right. You know, I just, to me, music, especially writing, even more so, right. writing was always kind of my release. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, no, I would, I would, the same way, like if you're studying for the bar, you might find 30 minutes to work out. You right. might find an hour to go jog in or, you know, play tennis or whatever it is that you do. Right. For, it was hip hop. Um, right. Uh, you know, my escape, you know, right. It's like oxygen. You got to nourish up regardless of, you know, so that's right. But then when I'm, you know, when I'm practicing law, when I'm at the firm, so I was at a big firm, like I was at a right. straight corporate firm, like, uh, right. you know, when I'm there, I'm there. Uh, right. when I'm in it, I'm in it. I'm focused on it. Like it's, it's, it's not just the job. It's the career. It's, it's, it speeds the babies. It's, it, it, it's the thing. Right. Right. Out of it. And I'm home, especially, you know, my thing was like, I would work when I was at, when I was at the firm, I would go in like seven thirty, eight o'clock. Right. There, and I work until like seven o'clock in the evening. And I was right. daily every day, you know, Monday through Friday, but weekends, since I was working late weekends were mine. Right. And Completely. Okay. Yeah. You know, I get, my, I get my music in, I, I, you know, be with the fam late nights. I, you know, get the music in. So just, you know, I just find time. Right. So did you find, uh, your vocabulary and the words you were using in your raps got a lot more multisyllabic and elaborate when you were <laughs> your, 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 your bar? But honestly, that was always my style. Was <laughs> be known as the, uh, the, the, the multi-syllable rapper. Right. Right. You know, not, not the, like we, so me and Greenweeds used to, uh, we would write, we used to have this thing that we would push ourselves. Um, when you write the first rhyme that comes into your, the first word that comes into your, your head, you can't use that word. No. Go, right. to, go to the third word, go to, you know, um, and it's always about multi-syllables and stringing words. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Man, okay, so so you was like I was already that way. Just it actually my multisyllabic word practice in the MC really helped me. The law really didn't change nothing. That's it? right. <laughs> it's okay. Funny. Even before I went to law school, we had a song called Jurisdiction, uh, <laughs> and it was like jurisdiction. Like right, it's a nice play on the word. Like, you know, um, that, but that was even be- that was like three years before I was even really thinking about law school. So I was, we were calling always on that. Right, right. So you were doing it. Okay, so now we got that. You got into law school and then you got your, your, your job with the firm. And then tell me about your move to the Bay Area and how that chapter became the play. I think you're, you need, are you, are you, your Wi Fi good? You're in a good spot? Yeah, I, I must have hit something real quick, but I think okay. I. <laughs> Uh, my wife is texting me, telling me to order dinner, but I'm already, I already handled that. Oh, okay. Cause I'm like, you're about to get into stuff heavy. You know, I want you to be like, and then what happened was when I met, <laughs> it just throw it was in there for like, a, you know, all right. So go ahead. So yeah. So 2004, I came out of law school. I was at the firm from 2004 to 2012. Um, and so, yeah, I was just your typical grunt lawyer at a firm. Um, 
just doing all the heavy lifting, the long hours, stuff nobody else wanted to do, not glamorous, you know, just soul-crushing work at a a law firm. Right. I would have thought I would have been doing. Like, you know, nothing that, that I felt ethically and morally, like, you know, um conflicted about right nothing that i felt like yes this is my purpose in life you know what i'm saying like you know it was a job it was a career um but like 20 percent of the time of the work that i was doing at the firm was like sports and entertainment work oh Um, there you go yeah so that was that was like the really interesting stuff like i always wanted to be before i wanted to be an mc i wanted to be a basketball player right Uh, and so we How tall are you now? You six six three, six two? Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. I'm I'm tall enough to to grab that mic. Um, right, okay. <laughs> They're like you, Muggsy Bogues, Buzz yeah. Webb, or like Nate Robinson. Yeah, I'm closer to Nate. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. So um, so yes, yeah, so like twenty percent of the work was like sports stuff, and so I would represent right. teams. We represented the Oakland A's. I was in Chicago at the time. We represented the Ooh. White Sox the Celtics, um, and then we represented the new ownership group, Joe Lacob and Peter Goober, when they purchased the Warriors. Okay. So 2010, when we represented them. And then in 2012, they were looking for a new general counsel to come in and basically run the legal department at the Warriors. Right. And right. I was already representing the team on the outside. And so it was just kind of like, oh, like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to move to the Bay. Um, right. It was a dream come true. It was it was it was just right timing, perfect opportunity uh, to work with a team, work in the league. Um, this is before the team had really, you know, we had come up. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you know, just to get on ground level with you know with the Warriors was just like, of course, right, right. So then you got in there, and then like right before, what is it, 2012? So basically, three three years before, three or four years before, it really started to. Percolate. Yeah, so 2012 right. was the year we didn't make the playoffs. Right. 2012, we drafted Draymond, and Draymond has never missed the playoffs except for this year. will be the first year. Right. And so, yeah, so he and Steph and Clay, like Steph and Clay had already, were already on the team. Yeah. That, that first summer was the summer that Draymond came. And then, you know, you know, Mark Jackson was the coach, and then Steve, right. Steve came, and Andre and Sean, and it's, yeah. Yeah. Then, then it went. David yeah. Lee was like, "All right, I see Draymond coming." And David Lee got injured, and it was, it was a wrap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we've been there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now that's so okay. So now we're gonna get into. So now you have your MC, B boy producer side, and you got, you know, your lawyer side. Um, how did how did your hip hop roots, your B boy isms? influence, inspire, or help you navigate the, the business world? Mm-hmm. So from, from B-Boy and hip-hop, I learned do for self. Um, right. And always be independent. Um, you know, I learned how to navigate putting out an album, constructing an album, starting a company, running it, nurturing it, figuring out how to handle the marketing, how to handle the distribution, you know, I understand the content is king. All of those kind of things I learned from hip hop um, right. and from trying to get my stuff out. And so those same sort of things apply. 
to me, there's so many things that we have and that we do in our lives and, and the things that we love that can apply to so many different areas if we make the connection. And if we don't right. make the connection, then it can be lost on us. And we think it's two different worlds. And yet, even though it's two different worlds, I'm the same person walking in both worlds. And so the same right. skills that, that, that make me MC are the same, same skills that make me lawyers. What I tell people, like, to be a dope MC, especially if you're all about MCing the way that I think MCing it, you got to be able to write. Right. Um, top of the dome, but you got to be able to write. Like, it's, it's a skill. Writing is a skill. Um, and at the root, the love that I had of hip hop was a, really a love of like poetry. Right. Um, and writing. And what's the skill that you have to have as a lawyer? You got to be able to write. You got to be able to analyze situations and write. Um, and be able to break things down, break down concepts that could be really complex in a very simple way so that people understand them. But that's a lot of what you do as a, as an is break things down and show things inside a different way so that people see right. it in different ways. Um, so I just I, I was I never wanted to sell short what I was really doing as an MC. Right. I, you know I I, I don't I, our art form is elevated as well right. elevated art form and so um, if you believe that you know that then you can take that and transition it to any other walk of life. Right. Okay. So you know what are what are like let's say. What are two, three of your most toughest lessons you learned navigating at, and on, on the business side of things? Man, um, the one thing coming to the Warriors that's very different um, is just understanding how public everything is that we do. Right. And, and seeing things through that lens. Understanding that every decision that you make is a public decision. Right. Uh, people are interested. And so truly understanding that and getting that every decision has the decision and then how it's perceived um making sure that you understand that um so that would be probably number one number two is just like i i love like i didn't do hip-hop just to make dope right I did hip-hop because i loved it um but when you get into it as a business, you really have to focus on, all right, is the thing that I'm doing today going to have an output or lead to an output that helps me sustain myself? It doesn't, even if your goal is not to make a million dollars, does it at least help you to sustain yourself? Right. And is there a, a payoff for the things that, things that it is that you're working on? And even if not, are you, have you at least weighted and understand that you can right take this risk. Um, you know, so that's, and having that balance between understanding that you got to make that dough. Right. And I still have my standards and my ethics and my morals and things that I will never do to make more dough. So how right. do I, how do I balance those two? So those are, so that, I think that's probably a third thing, like balance right. your ethics, your perspective, your view. Like, I think we all know what it takes to make, a boatload of money in the right. um it's not a secret um, right right you know and so all right what are you willing to do like what are you what where's your line where is what what lines are you not willing to cross what things are you willing to do and what things are you not willing to do and are you really willing to stand on that long term right know that it's taking money out of your pocket are you cool with that right 
and I don't and I won't tell people that there's a right or wrong answer, but there's just there's the answer. You just have to understand it. Um, right. Be honest with yourself. Yeah, there, there's just yours. And since you were you got into the music, and then you started indie labels, so you skipped the whole uh, luxury, privilege, or disadvantage of signing to a label where they did everything for you. You didn't have to learn that lesson way later. Like, oh shit, like. I want to put out a record as an independent artist. There's a lot more I got to do besides make the record. Yeah, yeah. We actually be, but before we put out our, um, before we put out our first record, we actually were signed to. We were signed to Wild Pitch. Um, oh, okay. Oh, wow. We never. We were signed to Wild Pitch like a year before they lost their distribution and went under as a label. Like we were probably right. last. You caught album. the end of it. <laughs> last yeah. Wild Pitch. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and so but that you know what I learned there was the industry is fickle, like yeah. it's like like because at that point signing a wild pitch was like like oh yeah like it's on like wild pitch, oh, yeah. on wild pitch yeah uh, sources wild pitch large yeah. pitch, I mean uh, Lord finesse yep OC UMCs I mean they, like come Man. on come on yeah <laughs> Ooh, um so it was like oh we. We sound a wild pitch. It's 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 a rap, like right. <laughs> and so learning that lesson, that you know, you kind of got to take your put take your fate and put it in your own hands too. Yeah, that was me on Subverse. Mm -hmm. I got signed to Subverse, put out two singles, and I about turning my album. And they're like, oh well, here we can give you all this back because we're done. <laughs> and so Doom left, and you know, Big Just left, and Science of Life, and you know, whatever else. But um, yeah, so so as an MC, and now you know you're, you know you're you're in legal scenario with with the Warriors, and you're saying how public it is. So like you can't, I mean, not that you may or may not would have, but you couldn't write some flagrant battle rap, and just you know put it on on, the, on your YouTube page because there's there's repercussions for that. You have to factor that in, right? Uh, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't say that I couldn't. Oh, they, 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 you must be real good at what you do. Favorite <laughs> <Secret> battle rap. <laughs> right. You know, like, you, you, you can pull, you think you can pull a Nick Cannon and just start make a whole battle rap video with talking the most flagrant stuff, dissing some other person. And you think, you know, like Lake up and Bob Myers would be like, I don't know. You, you kind of got kind of got him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I put it like this. I can't, I can do anything that I otherwise would do. Like I wouldn't. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Um, but I can do anything that I otherwise would do. Right. Uh, you know, I, I will say anything that I otherwise would say. Right. Okay. So you, you're, you're aligned. I mean, you're, you're self-conscious knowledge itself is kind of aligned with it. So, you know, I, you, you're not the type that would just go off off the handle or something. Next thing you know, it's like a Twitter, you know, legal, head of legal and warriors just called so-and-so, you know, like all that. That would be a problem. But you know, <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's not, that's not your boy anyway. Uh, right. So what, what do you say have been your universal top three attributes that you have in your personality that, that has aided you through all this transition from MC producer, label owner, into the legal of the Warriors, into riding, you know, the Warriors to the, you know, to a dynasty point. I mean, you know, what are the, what do you think those, those traits are that you, that you've developed that really have just guided you through? Yeah. Um, I mean, the golden rule, try to do, do, do to others as you would have others. I mean, that's, that is the first thing. Um, and so just 
anytime, like you create a relationships all the time. And it's not just for the sake of a relate, creating a relate. I hate, you know, sometimes even that phrase, like you're not doing it in order to get something out of it. It's just being a decent person. That stuff comes around. Um, and you should just treat people the way you would want to be treated because at some point in time, you know, well, not because, but at, at some point in time, those people will be in a position to treat you right in a certain way. And they often will treat you the way you treated them. Um, and so I think that that is just key to just success generally. Um, so I would say that um, having standards and an ethical foundation, um, you know, like that sustains that that is that may maybe um, you miss out on short term things. Right. allows you to have a long-term career view, you know, that, that allows you to progress long-term. Um, so that carries you through the label and the beginning of the Warriors. And, and like, especially like as, as legal, we have to be sort of that, that, um, that ethical pulse a lot of times, right. Or the organizations that we're with. And so having that, um, has been has been important, and then, you know, I would say just trying to be creative. Always trying to be creative, like right. even even writing the most you know mundane seeming contract. There's creativity in that. There's a different perspective that you bring, and so understanding who you are and bringing yourself to the room or to the table, and bringing that perspective that you have that's different than the next person's perspective. That's the reason that you should be at the table. That's the reason right. why at the table because if you're going to be act, if you're going to be just like the next guy but well, they got the next guy already so they don't really need you there right right bringing something different to the table that's why they that's why you should be there that's why you deserve to be there and so just you know being yourself and bringing yourself to the room for creativity right so what was what is or what was one of your biggest mistakes you've made along the way in your journey man um i don't think i got serious enough about life early enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I could be a lot further along in my, in just in my life, my career, whatever, if I got serious about things at an earlier age. Um, you know, for a while I was not a very serious dude. Um, right. You know, just kind of floating through and things were cool, everything was cool, but you know, I wasn't, I wasn't as deliberate and as disciplined when I was younger as I am now. And so it took me a long time to kind of get disciplined and, 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 um, and uh, deliberate about things. So, right. Okay. Uh, so at what age did you say you got serious? Um, when I went to about, about 29, 30. Right. Yeah. And that's like, and I went to law school when I was 31. Right. So yeah, we had just put the first record out. We were running the label, you know, and at that point in time, I was like, all right, this is, this is real work. Like, like to your point, there's, there's a lot that goes into this. This is not, right. you know, I got to figure right. this, this out. And if I really want to try to do something with this, I got to be diligent about it. I have to plan it out, be strategic and navigate it, chart a course and navigate that course. Right. Got to get rid of all of the, the nonsense that's taking this drain of my time. That's not, you know, that's not in alignment with what I want to do. So getting right things took a minute and but once i did that it kind of clicked 
kind of statement. Yeah, you know, I was, <clears throat> when I talk to some people about, you know, being independent, um, I tell people, you know, the analogy I use is like a restaurant. Say you're a chef at a restaurant, a nice restaurant, and you just, you're the chef. You are just the chef. But after a while, you start hearing people saying, man, I come here for you. I come here for the food, the way the chef prepares the food. And so after a while, you're like, man, I could, maybe I should open my own restaurant. You know, so you get to, you get all jacked up, you open your own restaurant. All of a sudden, you're not just a chef anymore. Like you might be part of the accounting, you might be part of the marketing, you might be the maintenance man, you might be all these things. And all of a sudden, your, your pie that maybe you donate, you know, you dedicated 85% to your craft is now divided with six other things that are almost as important for longevity and functionality as your craft. That's right. And a lot of that's not talked about a lot as part of what Arthur Empire is about is a lot of these, the nuance of these things of being independent and, and blazing your own trail. Like it's a lot more than just, I'm just going to do me like that. You need to, you need to click on that envelope and go into what it really entails. So I like to, you know, um, bring people on who really live that other side, mm-hmm. you know, like we might have a front as the rapper or as the, artist or graffiti artist or whatever it is. But like, if, if that's your business and yet it's a part of your, there's so much under like, you know, under the water, so to speak, that, that really goes into that. So really quick, like at that point, knowing how to take on, put on and take off those various different hats. Right. And when you're wearing one hat, you gotta like, that hat has to fit and you have to actually wear it to the utmost. So if you are, if you are doing the marketing, you have to, you got to study it and, and learn it and understand it to, and know, and know what you don't know and know how to bring in consultants and other people as well to, to shore right. it. But, um, you know, you got to be able to have that hat on and then take it off and put on the, all right, the accounting hat, the, you know, financial um, <laughs> prudence hat, you know, right. does all of this make sense? All right, take that hat off. And now I'm, now I'm the artist. Now I'm, I'm thinking like you have to be able to, to switch roles and go and right. be a lot of ways and go from this to that, to the other thing. Yeah, um, that's real. That's super real. But I was, but I had blueprint on cause blueprint, you know, raps, produces, does his podcast, videographer, writes books. Like I'm like, how do you do all that? He's like, literally my house is partitioned to where I go in this room and in this room, all I do is this yeah. for this amount of hours. Then I go to that room and in that room, I don't do anything. I was doing the other room. Right. And he, ha- he has it so That's uh, compartmentalized that I was fascinated by that because it can bleed if you're not careful. You can be writing rap, checking your emails, get a business email, you rabbit hole into that. And then you, by the time you get back to rapping, you're not even feeling it. Just, you know. Right. And, and you've wasted so much time um, and, you've, and you've divided your focus up. Yeah. Uh, your energy has been sprayed in so many different directions and, is, and you haven't been able to focus it on the task and the task doesn't get done. Right. And neither, neither of the things get any of your, of your primary focus. Right. So, ew. so what do you, so break it down real quick for us, layman. What do you do at the Warriors? So what, are, what is like the, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I basically wear two different hats. Right. Uh, well, at least. So on the, I'm, on the business side, I'm the general counsel. And so I'm the, same as any general counsel at any different organization. So I basically right. the legal department, me and the, and the team of lawyers, we negotiate all the contracts. We review all the agreements. Um, we, you know, weigh in on very, on any legal issue. 
That's that's our day job. Also wearing that hat, I had human resources reports into me. And so I have a, a VP of human resources who's an expert in her field. Um, but then on any legal issues, we'll consult on that. Right. And the um, governmental affairs group reports into me as well. So that's the, the group that basically is creating relationships and, and making sure that we're on top of legislation that's, that's coming out and have relationships at City Hall and at the state level. Um, and so managing those relationships, but I have a, a VP who also who does that, and she's an expert in that. So those right. two groups report into me in, in addition to the legal. So that's one hat. That's all the business side. And then right. on the basketball side, I manage the salary cap. Um, right. So I'm running the numbers. Like if we want to, if we want to get player X, um, it's all right. What do the numbers look like? How do we chart a course in order to when we wanted to try to get um, Kevin Durant? How do we go about? Right. Course in order to make that happen. What are the what are the different options at our disposal? If we sign this contract now, what does that do to our flexibility two three years from now? Right. Interpret the collective bargaining agreement and figure out if there's nuance or creative ways that 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 um, that, that you can um, use some of the rules inside of the CBA to get done what it is that you're trying to get done. Right. Uh, I also used to do player scouting. I don't do much of that anymore. Right. Uh, um, the player development. Um, person we have a player development person who basically is is working with the guys off the court um, right with him as well right okay well so so right now <laughs> you guys must be doing some serious you guys got some you know some number two pig you got some chips there's, you're watching the playoffs there's some cats who ain't making it you know you look you're probably checking out some of the eye contact and that body language like they look like they want to be there still you know, it's got to be a real, a real interesting time right now. It's always interesting. It's always, yeah. interesting. but you know, they, so know your role and know what's not your role. I mean, we have like Bob Kirk, Bob Myers, Kirk Lake, um, yeah. Larry Harris, like those are the, like Dunley, those are the experts in that. Right. Uh, you know, I'll have my ideas and stuff, but those are the guys making those decisions. In right. Court. Then it's kind of running the numbers and figuring out, all right, you know, if we're, if we're trying to, I know that Bob is thinking this, so maybe shoot him some ideas on how to get that this done. You know? Right, right. So do you ever, are you the one that has to tell him no sometimes? Like, yeah, that looks, I, yes, it's a good idea, but, and you just do a little typing and shit, you're like, uh, I can't do that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's seldom as we can't do it. It often is we can't do it that way. Right, right. Activity in the job is here is the way to do that. Right. I want to do it this way. This may, you know, be a way that doesn't make any sense, but here's the way to get it done. Like, you know, right. Trying to do that. This is the way we got, this is the, the path, or these are the various different, we can walk through door number one, door number two, door number three. And we may not right. have doors, but these are our options. This is what what's at our disposal. Right. So that, that's probably where the, um, a characteristic, a positive characteristic trait is of, you know, understanding cause and effect, how things are linked and sacrifice the concessions. Like we can get that, but we're going to have to give up this, that, and that. That's right. And then having to be able to paint that picture, like as an MC, paint that picture to, you know, to be able to like, well, this, if we do this, it can happen, but it will look like this over here. Full yeah. The full perspective of, you know, chasing that. All right. Uh, that's dope. So what is your favorite part of, of the business side, of the legal side? What is your favorite part of working at the Warriors right now? Um, the variety. 
Like it's it's never the same. It's always new stuff, and we are involved in things. Like I, I tell people, like a basketball team on a certain level. Um, like there's people who do real work in the world, right? You know, and I understand that we are not that, right? My wife is at the ER right now. Um, like that's real work. Right, right. I'm not that. Um, at the same time, there's a platform that you have, and and more so the players have, um, to actually speak on things and push things, and so to be a part of that and to try to make sure that that is um, that they have that space that they know that they have that space and to be part of an organization that, that supports that. Right. That's the best thing, especially in the current moment with all the crazy stuff going on inside of the world. Um, right. It's been going on inside the world for a long time, but it's just basically now people are recognizing that it goes on right. or caring that it goes on in the world. Right. Right. Um, to be at this juncture with a, a, around a team that has this platform and a league that has this platform um, is fascinating right now. Right. Uh, and to see, all right, what is it that we can do as an organization to speak on this and to throw our, 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 our support behind that um, and to support employees internally, you know, just all of those sorts of things. Right. You know, that's, that's the, probably the most gratifying part of the job right now. So it's got, it's got width and it's, yeah, it's tying into our cultural roots of who we are, which is, you know, I'm watching it, you know, I'm watching it as a fan, right? Mm. You know, like, and then being able to build with someone like you who's on the inside or my folks at the A's and just seeing how you guys are seeing it happen internally and how it's evolving the internal, the, the employee base, the dialogue and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's, it, we've been around enough, long enough to really see and remember the days when that shit wasn't, we wouldn't talk about that shit. We went to work and it was like, no, I don't need to bring, I don't need to, I'm not bringing this to work. I'm about to just get my money and I'm about to go home and I'm going I'm to I'm go ahead and uh, spread my money over here, but I'm not going right. to, now it's like you can actually conversate about that without people's butt cheeks clinching up too hard. That's right. And I think that takes a toll on you. If you can't bring yourself in, if you're, you know, always worried about, well, what if, what if I say this or I can't do yeah. this or always second guessing yourself always in your own head. Yeah. You know, that takes, first off, it puts a ceiling on your ability to progress in the organization and in your right. own, um, just artificially. Um, right. And I think it takes a toll on just your life um, because there's always that stress, there's always that question, there's always those, and so it's just not healthy. Yeah, it's, it's got to go somewhere, and if it ain't coming out, it's, 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 it's metastasizing into whatever it is. Um, so I'm gonna ask you one more serious question, and I got some 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 hip hop NBA funny shit to ask you. Um, <laughs> what is your definition of success? Hmm. Um, in a word, happiness. Like if you're if you are content and happy, um, then you're successful. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've accomplished. It doesn't matter if people recognize what you've accomplished, it doesn't matter if people know you or da, 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 da. If you are content and you are happy, then you are successful. Um, 
And it doesn't matter what you've accomplished. If you are not content and you are right. not happy, then I don't think you're very successful. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I, I try to just keep it real basic. Now, after that, I'm a very competitive person. I'm right. a person. And so, you know, there's things I want to do. And, you know, I get I want to get to this level and I want to have this influence and I want to be able to make this happen and all these sorts of things. And I want us to win and, right. and can take on many to win on the court, win off the court, um, you know. So, yeah, I'm competitive and I'm pushing all those things. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to bring up just a level of contentment and happiness with me. Um, right. Staying that. Right. I can dig it. Yeah. Competitive competitiveness to me is just a form of exercise. Like, I, you know, like I got to get it in and I get real frustrated when it don't go my way and I get upset. But that whole ride is part of the nourishment that brings me contentment. All That's right. right. So I'm going I'm to throw out a uh, – okay, first, out of all the Warriors you've been around, which one is, like, the, the most of a hip-hop head? Like, our hip-hop head, not, like not, – not that hip-hop head. Um, and you, you can't use D-Sharp. I, I, I know D-Sharp from way back. He's, he's probably the most – he's the turntable. I mean, you know, but beyond D-Sharp. Well, he's not a Warrior anymore. I mean, it would have been KD. Right. He's got the old soul, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would have been KD. Um, I would say Draymond. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's, he's, he's modern. He right. He doesn't go back to, like, the rock him that I know of. Right, right, right. Well, you know, he's, he's a younger generation, too, which is weird as it seems. Well, he's got that hip-hop. He's got that ethic, though. Okay. No. Yeah. He's great. So, okay. What, if any song or a hip-hop reference did katie make that kind of made you go whoa like this cat knows like something like that did you ever hear like any songs played bumping in the in the um practice so i think he's bumping a uh, brand new being uh one for all once really yeah wow. all right i messed with i i, I messed with yeah <laughs> i'm like yeah because if anybody plays like Especially in 2020, like if a younger cat plays some brand new being or like some P Rock and CL Smooth Beyond when they reminisce over you or like yeah. you know some Bush the Bush Babies or something, you're like whoa, like okay. yeah, you dug, you did, yeah, you dug for that. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna name uh I'm gonna name either a hip hop artist or an NBA athlete, and you tell me their their counterpart. So I'm gonna go Steph Curry. You tell me what MC. What kind of what kind of would Steph be and why? Uh, so real quick, I can't do this, bro. I can't do this. Uh, all right. So Steph, Steph is the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you'll start with Steph. Oh man, what MC would he be? Um, I mean, the person who came to mind was actually Large Professor. Okay, but why that? But Large Professor is not known enough. Um, because I think I, I, it's, as much as people, you know, know that I think people sleep on his greatness. I think that people right. overlook it. And I think to right. me, Josh Professor is probably my favorite person in hip hop. Like, right. you know, I think he is as a, you know, an MC producer. Yeah. He was always the best producer on the mic. Like right. other yep. people try to click, like, like, it's not even a question. Like, right. 
he's respected as an MC such that you forget that he produces. Right. And vice versa. And vice versa. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So let's go Sadat X. What basketball player would Sadat X be? Mm, it's funny. So now I'm thinking Steph Curry. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sadat X. Hmm. It's a good question. So I can't get past the. I can't. I'm look, I'm thinking about ball head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could be. You know, it, it don't have to be deep. It could just be whatever you feel. Limited to that. I mean, initially I was thinking Sam Cassell. Um, okay. He does. He does kind of have that. Like I can see the voice and the way Sam moved and act. Okay. We we gonna ride with Sam Cassell. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we right. roll with Sam Cassell. Okay. Um, let's go. Zaza Pachulia. Mm. Zaza. Um, <laughs> uh, Action Bronson. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, let's go uh, Fat Joe, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Fat um, Joe. You, you know what came to mind to me was Freddie Fox. Yeah. He's like an enforcer. You know, he's the one that does the dirty work. He come in and that's a good Lumpy one. Them knuckles up. <laughs> the very good. okay. Let's go, Slick Rick. Mm. Um, BJ Armstrong. BJ Armstrong. Okay, we need to elaborate on that because I know he's like, he's got he's an agent and all that stuff too. So he's got multiple hats. Yeah. Um, Slick Rick. Slick Rick is just. He's smooth. Um, he slept on. Um, he's interesting. Now, BJ wasn't flamboyant like Steph. I mean, like, right. uh, like, like, like Slate Rick. Right. Um, but yeah, it's for okay. those, you know, overlooked, uh, but at the, at the, at the center of it all. Okay. So I'm, let's see. We got, okay. We got, I'm looking at, I'm watching the clock. Okay. All right. Now we're going to go icon, NBA personality with producer. Okay. Steve Kerr. Um, it's funny. I think Dr. Dre. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Um, orchestrating so many things around him. Like there's so many things that are happening around him that he is – and dealing with so many various different personalities and being able to match them and put all of them inside of, on their stage and all of right. them. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I say Dr. Dre. Okay. Um, Jay Dilla. Dilla. Oh, wow. Man. So now, you know, you just broke my heart. I mean, um, been from Chicago. Oh, say it again. Ben Wilson from Chicago. Okay. Oh. And that's uh, there was a there was a thirty for thirty that was. Done. I saw it about yeah. Benji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so. Okay. Yeah, like you, you gonna make me tear up. Uh, so yeah, like you know, gone before it's time. Right. Truly about to be the next great thing. Um, and it's just taken away too soon. And all those everything I just said could describe both of them. 
Exactly. No, see, you're good. At, have you played this before? I thought I made this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just freestyling, but it really felt like it was something that should be cool to do. Um, all right. Let's go. Oh, let's say Bob Myers. Bob Myers, producer. Um, um, I'd say Ninth Wonder. Ninth Wonder, okay. Yeah. yeah. Touches everything he's touching, touches a lot of different things. Um, doesn't seem to want a whole lot of credit. Right. Be in the shadows, um, you know, but orchestrating. Okay. You know. All right, let's go. Ooh, let's see. Okay, 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 let's go. Lord Finesse. Oh, man. Um, hmm. This guy, got, I got to come with this one. All right. Lord. Um, David West. David West. Wow. Okay. Why is that? Um, serious. Fundamentally sound. About that business. Um, essential to what's going on. Like a key ingredient, a key element. Um, to what's going on. Um, and I'm really thinking more so, like, Lord Finesse, I think still just at MC. Right, right. Well, see, you, you just, I threw that one out there because you got, I know, you, I, I could throw out a bunch of MC producers just to really tug at your, your strings right now. It would be like Diamond D and just, you know, Mad Lib and, you know, all the stuff. But, uh, but okay. like, for the longest time, Lord Finesse was, my, was, was one of my favorite MCs. Yeah. You know, so before the DJ and before I knew of the DJ and the and the production, like yeah. just, you know, babe, you nasty, like that that funky technician, that album, yeah, best lyricism and just clever, nonchalant, like his whole style, yeah, one of my Clean. favorites. Yes. All right, so now I'm gonna give you one more MC, and then I got a couple more of this little other something. All right, special ed. <sighs> Um, Clay. Clay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, why, is, why is that? You know, pretty boy. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, just seems nonchalant with it, but extremely dope. You know, just and everybody kind of likes him. Like, everybody just. Oh, like, man. It's cool. Just, yeah. All right. So before I go into my last little set, I just want to say this game is fun. I need to, I've never done this before, and I need to do this. This is, this is such a game. Like, hours could go by on, on a road trip or a long flight or a delay. With, um, so when you get that mantle to connect these artists to do theme songs for these athletes and vice versa, call me. I want to be a part, I want to be a part of that council. <laughs> could you imagine if you're like, okay, I get to pick – theme songs for these cats in the hip-hop way. So I'm going to get special ed to do Clay's. Yeah. I'm going to get, oh, my God, that'd be so raw. Thank All right, so just save that one. That's right. Save that, put that in your hat. Okay, now we're going to do NBA moments, and I want you to tie these NBA moments in your life with hip-hop moments. Mm. Okay? So the Warriors winning their first championship. 
what hip hop moment was did that make you feel? Was that a parallel too? Man. Um The song that just popped into my head, and I honestly don't even know why, was Slick Rick, Slick Rick It's a Boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Um, that I, I just, I'm looking at that 12-inch uh, cover and thinking, right. and I think it's because um, I remember listening to that song before I had kids. Right. about the joy that he must feel Right, writing that song, and that beyond anything he's done in his career, like just feeling that joy and that right, and that you know that nothing else really matters at this at this pr present moment in time. Right, and that was kind of like two two thousand fifteen. Wow, like you know, like That's a good I, way to do it. Yeah, it was like, I like that. Yeah, yeah. My my initial one, as I was says, asking you the question, was when Tribe Called Quest: The Low End Theory came out, or when Dell came out with uh, with uh, the second album. The other, other the other thought I had was the first time I heard Low End Theory. Those are the two. Wow, what a trip! Yeah, yeah. you know, I remember where I was. I remember where I was and who I was with the first time I, I heard Low End Theory. Wow. Okay, so we got that one now. When the Warriors lost in the 3-1 series and they came, they lost their lead and lost, lost the championship. Um, well, I think the song that I think about is um, on to the next, on, on to the next one. Um, because quite honestly, so that was Father's Day. Yeah. Um, my sons, I got three kids. My sons were out at a friend of theirs house and I was at the game with my daughter and my daughter and my wife were sitting in the seats and I was up in the, in the, in, up in, in the suite with some of the, um, some of the, some of the guys. Uh, and so when we lost, it was just like, man, couldn't believe it. Like right. it didn't think it would happen until the moment it happened. Right. And I then came down got my daughter, got my wife, and as I'm walking out, and I'm just like, you know, upset. I'm with my daughter, walking out back out into the sunshine, and it's Father's Day, and I'm like, and it kind of put it in perspective. Right. And it was like, man, there are so many other things going on and more important things in the world um, to be, can't be so caught up on what just happened. Right. Was also... And we about to flip the script. Um, right. The other song, flip the script, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we about to, we about to get after it again and get right. on. And so which, I was, they, which they, happened, yeah. Okay. Well, since we got, I'm only got, I got time for one more. I had a few more, but one more. Okay. So now go a little past seven. It's all good. Oh, they're gonna kick us off at seven. It's an hour. We have, we have to go off and come back on. But um, we'll, um so now. Right now, with the Warriors, right now, what's the song? Or what's the, what's the hip-hop moment? It ain't got to be a song, but what's the hip-hop moment or whatever, like, now? Um, hmm. While you're thinking, I'll tell you mine. Uh, mine would be EPMD's Back in Business. Because <laughs> <laughs> they got back together. Everybody coming back together. We're about to, you know, 
Yeah, we got some four folks that cast ain't even ready for. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, um, I would, I would, um, in that same kind of mode, I would, I would. The song that popped in my head was Shook Ones. Mm. Like, Why is that? Because we about to, we about to get at it. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I could see it inside your face. <laughs> you in the wrong place. Like, I, I just feel like, you know, cast ain't gonna be ready. I, I, you know, or maybe, uh. Uh, as you said, heads ain't ready. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They might have forgot. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of them. Okay. Well, this is great. I love the way this goes. Just, I, I had four scripted questions, and I was like, I'm just going to leave it open because I, I don't know where it's going to go. But um, this has been a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time out. I didn't ask you what you're going to do, what you guys are going to do with the draft pick. I didn't I didn't do anything that would get you, get you fined by the NBA about tampering. I appreciate all of that. All of that well, is good. I like to keep my job. Yeah, we like to keep you there, too. So let's continue, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Everybody check out Cap D. I'm going to repost this video, so it will be on my Instagram. So, you know, you can either repost it, send people here, whatever. But once again, Art Empire Radio will be in touch. Did you get your shirts? I forgot I to ask did. you. I did. Okay. My daughter was wearing hers. She's not wearing it today. She was wearing it. She, she was rocking it yesterday. Love it, man. Love it. Okay. Capture it for me when you get a chance. I like to get a little family photo. I will. I will. All right, be safe. We'll be in touch. All right, appreciate you, brother. All right, big up. All right, peace. Uncle Dad's multiverse. Yes. To share gems, wisdom from those who pay dues To the kings and queens behind the scenes Who've done the work, planted seeds, and built the dream Archer empire, desire for autonomy Dropping tricks of the trade for all of us to peep Don't sleep, don't sleep Wake up to find this knowledge on top Edutainment at its finest Lo and behold, unfold the hidden scroll It's time to shed the light on the stories untold This podcast is old, we speak the truth each one teach one is the good power you who cools one step beyond the host director of the vibe with a gang of jokes tune in